Hello and welcome back to the Ask Adam and Ryan show. My name is Adam Welcome, educator, father, runner, a whole bunch of stuff in the Bay Area of California. And I'm Ryan Sheehy, and I am an elementary principal, author, speaker, father, husband, jack of all trades, currently now a U14 boys travel soccer coach. Nice, <laughs> nice. That was, uh, my son's been wanting to play soccer, uh, travel soccer for quite some time, and two of my kids already play travel soccer, and so they needed a coach. So um, my wife's like, you really can't take on anything else, but I said, I got to do it. Got to do it. Got to make it happen. So I hope everyone enjoyed episode one. Uh, we're coming back for episode two. Um, we sent out tweets um, throughout the week uh, asking for questions. Make sure you send us your questions um, so we can answer them on the show. Adam, uh, yeah, you? real quick, you know, I just want to give a, a quick shout out and, you know, sending good thoughts to all the people up in Paradise and down in Southern California in the Malibu area. I know where we live, the the air quality is absolutely horrible. Um, school was canceled today for every school in the county in multiple counties. Many people lost their homes. Some lost their lives. And uh, I know a lot of people, I'm sure you do, Ryan, that uh, are just displaced and, um, you know, schools burned down, churches, houses, restaurants. Um, so just uh, send in our thoughts. Uh, I'll tell those people up in paradise and down in Southern California as well. Definitely, definitely. All right. Question number one. What's the best way to help move from theory to practice? Yeah, you know, uh, that question came through on Twitter. And I think it's a really good question and something important to think about. And I think the for me, the number one thing to remember about that is to not overthink it. People get so down in the weeds and deep in the weeds and crawling through the weeds from theory to practice. Like you just got to get to practice. Have a good idea that starts in theory. Don't build a PowerPoint presentation. Don't think about it for two weeks and talk to everybody at your school and your mentor and on Twitter and on Facebook and on Instagram. You know, have the idea and just start moving forward. I really think that's the best advice. Because if you don't start, you can never get started. And most things never get done because they never get started. And, uh, you know, the first time you try something new, theoretically, in the practice, it may not be very good, but that's okay. The second time you do it, it's going to get a little bit better. The third time you do it, it's going to get even better. So my, you know, my advice is don't overthink it. Start small, think big, and just start moving forward. How about you, man? Yeah, I definitely think I think people overthink it and go to, you know, you always hear, Go slow to uh, to go fast. I hate that saying. You know? And every time we talk about that at a uh, principal's meeting or in a in a different setting, I always am like, I cringe because I want to make sure that we're doing things now for kids. And that's the big thing for me is so when we have these ideas, go for it. There's no reason why we can't try something. Um, yesterday, I was sitting in a principal's meeting and we were talking about um, safety and we we're talking about what we're doing because right now we're inside with recesses because of the smoke and the air quality. And I said, Hey, you know what? I got an idea. So I got on my computer, shot my office manager, a text message with a new idea. By the time I got back to school, we had totally shifted the way we were doing things just because I had an idea and I want to put it in practice right now. Don't be afraid to go out and do something. And guess what? If you fail, you fall flat on your face. That's okay. We're going to get back up and, and move forward and then come up with a new idea. That's what make, makes it fun. That's what make our, makes our job fun is having that flexibility to try different things. Yeah, I love it, man. All right, uh, question number two. Words of wisdom for a new staff. And I'm going to add the caveat. Also, maybe words of wisdom for a new staff member. What do you think? Yeah, so I think I think for a new staff um, and a new staff member is just not being afraid to fail. 
Um, I think that every time that uh, we, we try something, we have that, that thought in the back of our head that we're afraid to fail. I remember when I walked into uh, the building that I'm in now, um, I, came, I came with a lot of different ideas and a lot of things that I really wanted to try. And one of the things I did in the first week is I rolled out, um, you know, don't be afraid to fail. Failing is just your first attempt in learning. And I, and I showed a video um, to every single one of, of my students and every single one, member of my staff. And it talks about failing harder, you know, fail harder. And I still have first, I still have first, second graders coming up to me, Mr. Sheehy, hey, good job. That was a good fail. You tried. Next time, fail harder. And, you know, it always makes me chuckle because, you know, we live in a society that people are afraid to fail. And I, and I think that's the piece that if, if we fail and we just sit down and give up, that's a problem. But if we fail and we reevaluate and get back up and go for it, that's what we want. So I think as a new staff, new staff member, don't do what you don't have to do what your neighbor's doing. Do something that you do what you want to do. Make sure that you align with the vision and where you're going as a school, but just get out there and do it. Yeah. Something funny you just said, man, is the word building. Nobody in California, I don't know why you said this, probably because you're talking to some people on the East Coast. Nobody in California calls their school the building. They call it the school. And I never actually heard people reference a school as a building until I got connected on Voxer many years ago. And you're talking to basically anybody not in California, Oregon, and Washington. Everybody else I've always heard they refer to their school as the building. Yeah. It's kind of funny. So, uh, you know, words of wisdom are no matter what, at the end of the day, the most important thing is a focus on relationships, relationships, relationships. I think that's so vitally important for new teachers, any staff, focus on the kids, focus on each other, focus on the community. Um, and, you know, hey, words of wisdom for a new principal, I think, other than relationships, is visibility, visibility, visibility. Because for a new principal, you can't build those relationships unless you are visible. You can't know what's going on at your school unless you're visible. So that visibility piece and the relationship relationship piece is so important. Question number three, what is your favorite or go-to app for yourself? So great question. I was actually on the um, Mastery Chat podcast. Wait, is that what it's called? No, the Teach Better team. Uh, shout out to Jeff Gargas and Ray Huger. Sorry, I got your podcast mixed, mixed up. Um, you actually asked me that this question um, the other day. And honestly, other than all my social media suite of apps, I would say Evernote is my absolute favorite app to just keep my life organized. Uh, you know, there's other apps out there. OneNote, I think Google has Google Keep. Uh, I've just been a long time Evernote user and whatever, you know, they syncs to all your devices. It can record audio, upload PDFs. It's, I would say it's kind of like Google Lite, Google Drive Lite, um, just for like those little quick post-it note apps. Um, highly recommended uh, just to kind of keep your life organized. How about you, man? Yeah, it's funny because, um, you know, as you're talking, I've tried Evernote. I've tried a whole bunch of different ones. But my go-to, I go back to Google. I go back to my Google Drive. And it's funny because um, up until two years ago, I didn't use it at all. I never used Google. I was still using, you know, Word and um, Excel. And I remember just- oh, <laughs> Word. Oh, my gosh. I just keep getting- Not asked. Word on that one. <laughs> and I kept on getting, you know, <laughs> feedback from people of, hey, why, why are you doing it like this? Why aren't you doing it? I'm like, I just need time to go for it. And I just, I decided I was going to switch over. And I think um, that's been a big uh, transition for me. And it's been nice because now I have probably uh, I have four different Google accounts for different projects that I'm associated with. And so I'm constantly going back and forth in my drives and just making sure things are updated and sharing. And it's awesome because I think that 
since it has been a big deal for me, I've rolled it out to my staff, which then has made an impact on our students. Now I run my whole school out of Google Classroom, um, which is awesome because it, it kind of forced everyone to learn what Google Classroom was and how to use it, um, which then ultimately impacts our kids. Question number four, and this is a question that Adam and I get a lot. Um, how do I write a book? <laughs> and, you know, this one is, this is a question I had for myself. You know, um, I I met Adam quite a few years ago. He's a vice principal when I was a PE teacher. And um, we Dude, that were, was many years ago, many man. years ago. And we worked together just for a couple short months before I got transferred. Did you have any kids back then? I had no kids. My daughter was going to be born like a few months after. Yeah, I probably had, I probably had two kids by two then. Kids. <laughs> but uh but yeah, so kind of, and then I got transferred and I followed Adam's journey and um, we got reconnected um, a couple years ago when he came to work in the district that I was working in. And I asked him, you know, I asked him that same question, you know, I see you, you did kids deserve it. Um, love what you did with it. How do I write a book? And I'll never forget kind of the advice he, he gave me. And it's the advice, same advice that I give everyone else is um, blog, create content start sending out that content. And so that's what I did. I started blogging uh, a lot. I mean, like how often, man, I blog because some, some people could think like one blog post a month is a yeah. lot. Like how much did I tell you to blog? I was blogging two, three, sometimes four times a week, a week. So 12 blog posts a month. And from there, you know, at first we started, he said, Hey, what do you, what do you want to write a book about? And for me, I was like, well, I don't know. I, I kind of want to write a book, you know, and that's a lot. That's where a lot of people are. And as I blogged, it started, the voice started to come out. And, you know, I ended every blog post with be the one who wants to do so, so, and so. And, you know, and that's where, where my idea for my book was really born. And then a lot of that content transformed into a, a book. And so without that, and I think everyone really needs to be creating that content. I think a lot of the times we go onto social media and we go onto this, that, or the other, and we consume a lot of content and we're afraid to put out our own content. And, um, uh, you know, also I, I remember watching that journey and, uh, you know, you're an author, be the one for kids. You also, you also really found your voice in a sharper way. You know, you're, when you start on this journey of whatever it is, if it's writing a book or if it's just finding yourself or a new job or whatever, you start really wide. And as you do it more and think, think about it more and blog about it and talk about it and meditate or pray or whatever you do, your, your view comes more sharper into focus. So your blog posts, they start out really wide. And the more you do it, it just gets more narrow and narrow and narrow. And that leads you to what, what I think the blogging is so important is really what your passion is because do not write a book about something just to write a book about something. You know, don't choose a job or change careers just to do it. Do it because it's your passion. If you like burritos, don't write a book about salad because you're going to you're just going to be faking it and people are going to know that you really don't like salads. But if you write that book about burritos, dang it, like people are going to know that you love burritos. So first and foremost, you just got to know what you're passionate about and um, you do that by talking about it and writing about it and also just living it, uh, you know, day to day and nonstop. It, it, people go, I got, I actually got a message the other day. How do I stay consistent with blogging? And my answer was very simple. If you want it bad enough, you'll do it. And if you don't, and if you find excuses because life's busy and family and work and kids in the garden and soccer coaching, and I mean, Hey, y'all. Ryan has four kids. 
<laughs> and two dogs. And they have like 13 soccer games every weekend. Yep. You know what? If you want it bad enough, you're going to find the time to do it. Period. Yeah. Period. Exactly. You got to find the time. We're sitting at the soccer practices. I remember doing Google Docs, voice to text, you know, and just writing the book that way. So don't be afraid to hit publish on that blog. Get out there. Write, write, write. Create content. Question number five. How do I balance life and work? So that is a question that I know I hear all the time, uh, people asking me, but also I hear that on other podcasts and people talking about it. And I don't know, you know, I don't, (laughs) this is just an interesting question. I really feel that you need to be fanatical about what you want to be fanatical about and focus on, focus on that. It's, It's really hard to have 25 hobbies. So, you know, your job is so important, but your life and your personal life, and if anybody's heard me speak, you know, your own team is so, is so important and it's more important than your work team, because if you're not a good at home, you're not going to be good at work. So, um, you know, it's, it's not having like 55 friends. It's having like a core group of people that you can really balance and you can give energy, energy and and attention to it's, um, you know, it's really, if you want to have three hobbies, like focus on those three hobbies, don't focus on 15 hobbies. Uh, and I think for the work piece, the most important thing is just to really put limits on your day, put limits on what you do. You know, don't just be open, endless. I'm here to like, whenever I'm leaving at five o'clock today and you look at that clock and you leave at five o'clock, no matter what, over time, you're going to realize that you're going to stop doing things that you used to do because you just don't have time anymore because you're putting limits on your day. And I think that's a really important piece to like take away of like how to have balance in your work and your life if you are achieving that. But you know what? Also remember that this is not your practice life. This is your life. So if you want to sit home and watch Netflix, if you want to veg out on the couch all day Saturday, but you're complaining that you want to write a book and nobody reads your blog post and you don't have time and blah, 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 blah. To me, that's your own darn fault. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah, how to balance life and work, you know, is is something that um, not every everyone has has figured out as Adam does. I think you know it's something that I've always struggled with, and you know, uh, I know a lot of people turn off their their emails on their phones when they get home, so they can they can disconnect and and be with their loved ones and stuff like that. And I've tried that. I really really struggle on it. I I do it. And then, you know, kids might go to bed and I turn my email back on, check all my emails um, and respond to them and stuff. And so now my big thing is um, my wife and I had a big sit down and it was kind of, you know, one of those things, you know, it was last year. And she said, hey, Ryan, this is what I signed up for. This isn't, you know, w- when you became a principal, um, I didn't think this is going to be, you know, 24 um, seven, you know, 365. And it was one of those things that, hey, I need to change some of my practices. I need to put life back into into balance and have that perspective. And so, you know, now I might check the email, but I don't respond to anyone on the weekends. Uh, no one, unless it, it's on my personal email. Um, it's not work um, because I really want to make sure that I'm intentional with my time because we get into education for the kids. And then sometimes we neglect our own kids. And that's the part that's hard. And really making making your family part of your school community has been a, been a big help for me. I remember I sat down for an interview and in every single interview um, for an administrative position, I tell them straight up, um, if you're looking for somebody to be here till eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night, that's not going to be me. Don't I'm not your person. Don't hire me. I said, but if you do hire me, you get six people. 
you get my whole whole entire family. They're going to be part of the school community and grow with us. And so that's been a big help for me to be able to balance life and work by combining them together. So no, for sure, man. I love it. I love it. Awesome. Well, hey, that wraps up um, episode number two. Make sure that you tweet us our questions at Mr. Adam Welcome or at Sheehy RW, and we'll try to answer them as many of them as we can on our show. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week and be sure to tune in. Have a great week, guys. See y'all.